To the Monica Matthews Show. Happy Love Day to you all. February 14th, 2023. I know some of you are like, Monica, whatever. It's just another Hallmark Day. Another another day for people to make money. Every day should be Love Day. Well, I cannot disagree with that, but you know what? You're the same people saying that we should celebrate Christmas, right? You're the Christers. <laughs> the Christmas and the Easters. You know who you are. I'm not a bah humbug whenever it comes to these holidays. I think any reason for us to commemorate love uh, is a good day. Although I do believe that, you know, love is not love. I do believe that love has standards. And what are some of those standards? Well, according to 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and through 5, love is what? Patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. There's a hint as to a standard that love is not love. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. There are other there are other interpretations of that scripture. Love is patient, love is kind, love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. That is the ESV version. Uh, Love is patient, love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. That's the New Living Translation. I don't have the message in front of me, but hmm, makes me wonder... And who and what is love? Well, our creator is love. He is the author of love because he is love, not a characteristic. It is who he is. It is himself. He is self-evident love, right? And so much of the world is missing love. I know you guys are so stressed about the eve of Russia deploying missiles. We're playing war games we are really long, a long way down the field of World War III. Um, it just looks a little different than I think some people have hyped it to be. Not that it can't end with some of those World War III results. Uh, I don't think that will it will escalate to that point. But you never know because we are dealing with humans who are not walking in love. So anything's possible, right? So... On the eve of wars and rumors of wars, really what what you begin to realize is exactly what matters. And for some of you, you're so engrossed in what's happening in the world because your family lives are so messed up that it's easier to deal with Twitter and Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and Vladimir Putin and Zelensky rather than in the Democrats and the Republicans rather than deal with the person lying right next to you. And I get it. I really do. 
But in the end, in the end, for those of you who are watching some of your loved ones who are terminally ill now, your elderly parents are on their way into glory, uh, aunts, uncles, brothers, sisters, cousins, maybe it's you. There's nothing more sobering than knowing than knowing someone's going to cross over, or maybe it's you. And and you think to yourself, you start you start taking inventory of love. You're certainly not sitting there thinking about all the times you've been wronged. But for some people, they do start to think about all the times someone has wronged them as they're getting ready to pass because it's easier than feeling the grief of the pending loss. And being angry and bitter and sad and resentful and filled with rage and terror and dread is so much easier as a nation than feeling the grief that accompanies the loss of our country. And if you don't believe that we have lost our country, our principles, our standards, our institutions, our kids, if you can't see that, then you should probably have your heart checked for having become so hard that it's impenetrable. You can no longer, your ears have become dull and your eyes are occluded. But I'm here to tell you grief is a silent killer. And if you do not express that and if you do not uncover it and you do not allow it to manifest and to come out in healthy ways, it will absolutely unravel and dismantle your entire life, including your health. And that's what you see happening in this country right now, by and large, because people are lied to. They don't know who to believe. They're confused. They're fed up. Twitter especially is the mother load of freedom of speech now. And that's what happens when people have been held captive, like, you know, Brubaker, if you've never seen that movie, it's horrible, but it's actually one of my favorite Robert Redford movies. But, you know, what a horrible prison, penal system that was. It was awful. And it, it was hell getting those guys to freedom in their minds, right? Hell. There was a system put in place. But, it, you know, then it turns into like a Shawshank Redemption moment. But Andy, even Andy had to travel through, what, three quarters of a mile of crap complete raw sewage crap, human feces and waste to get out to the other side of rainfall, downpour, ultimately his freedom. And so sometimes in order to get to that freedom, you have to go through the sewer called your life, experiences, hurts, wounds, people, disappointments, whether that's politically whether that's on a congressional level, on a presidential level, when it comes to your elections, or when it comes right on down to the person lying next to you. And all of that begins with the person in your mirror. So it's just interesting to me as I watch people unravel, and I watch Chelsea Handler mock and make fun of the fact that she's not a mother, how great and wonderful her life is that she gets to be a hussy whenever she wants. And those are her words. Um, You know, her life is just so free. 
She doesn't have to get up and do anything, be responsible to anyone. Of course, this comes on the heels of three abortions in her 20s that she's extremely proud of, allegedly. So this is how she copes, right? So that's how grief can manifest as well, as denial. Because there's really not a woman in her right mind who understands what she has removed from her womb. And on a cellular level, you never forget that life that was a part of you. Don't believe me? Ask any woman who's ever miscarried. So I don't care if you were a party girl in your 20s and you thought it was cool and hip and you believed the lies and the brochures as they ushered you into a vacuum hose and told you that, you know, you were good. You might bleed a little, but you'll be okay. It, it may You may cramp a little bit, but it'll be all right. Right? That was your informed consent. And then you could go right back out and get pregnant again and come back in for another drive through have it your way abortion. Right? And you'll be fine. It will not have an effect on your soul whatsoever. Negating the fact that when you're 50 plus years old, you'll be on a Twitter feed making videos, mocking the fact that you've killed your three embryos and, but you're cool. You're good with it, right? You're good with it. No memory whatsoever because that's self-love. Because remember, love is love. That is called disembodiment. And when you wonder how, when you're scrolling through this newfound uh, freedom of freedom of speech on Twitter because people have been so held down for so many years. They've been imprisoned literally for some people for things they've tweeted memes for God's sakes. And now there's freedom, you know, of speech allegedly has been restored, at least in theory. You see some things on there and you're like, wow, we have completely crept the bed where love is concerned. I'm just telling you, Twitter is like, ugh, it is that sewer that you have to crawl through. And so, and, and with that, what you, what I surmise is just how disembodied people have become so detached from our own souls because love can be a very scary proposition because love has standards. And if you're going to truly love the, by the means that I just went over If you're going to truly love and have patience with yourself and with others, that's going to require forgiveness of yourself and of others. It's going to require mercy, compassion, grace, things that are not natural to the fallen human. If you're going to be kind as love is, right, that too is going to require a level of compassion and mercy and forgiveness and grace. If you're not going to envy, then you have to have found peace with what you have, contentment within yourself about who you are, what you have, and and acceptance of yourself, acceptance of your life circumstances, or acceptance of the fact that you are in process going from glory to glory. And so whatever your circumstances are now, they may not be that, you know, a week from now or 10 years from now and likely won't be. So that is that too is a choice, but that's a standard by which you live is is not living in envy will require a standard of living in love, which is living in hope, to be honest with you, and contentment and gratitude. If you're struggling with envy, the fastest way to deal with that spirit is to get grateful for what you have, who you are, who you're blessed to be with. All of that, right? If you're not going to boast 
if you're not going to be proud and full of yourself, right? If we're not going to, if you're not going to hold a proud month, proud about your reprobation, proud about your natural disorder, proud, right? And I, and listen, that's not condemnation. That that too is right there in your scripture. I didn't write it, so that's not that's not a Monica verse, okay? But you're going to be proud. Maybe it's you're so proud because no one loved you, even in your reprobation, even in your falling short. No one accepted you outside of your sexuality. No one accepted you inside of your sexuality, right? And so what takes the place of self-love? What takes the place of rejection? What fills that hole of rejection? Well, pride, being boastful. Of course. I mean, that makes natural sense, doesn't it? Okay. But that's not love. So the standard of love is not to be proud, which means that you would need to be humble. And if you're going from glory to glory, and if you're working your salvation out with fear and trembling, and you do happen to live within the realm of sexual disorder, or as the word calls it, reprobation, then can you find mercy for yourself in the process and not demand it from everyone else around you? Do not demand that everyone else around you in pride demand and boast about where you are and mandate and legislate people's own religious beliefs regarding how you are living your sexual life, your romantic life, your, quote, love life. Is that really love? I don't know. Love does not dishonor others. The me, 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 I can do what I want because I can. That's not love. So the standard of love in that situation is to honor one another. To count yourself less than in the sense of you know exactly who you are and you're not less than, but because you're not less than, you can actually yield to someone else for your seat. Holding the door. Very, we can't even do basic manners. <laughs> Women are chronically offended, and men are subsequently chronically confused. Is that love? What's wrong with honoring a female? What's wrong with honoring your husbands, honoring your wives? That's a standard, right? That's called love, self seeking. Does that sound like love? That you're self-seeking? Well, Monica, you always tell us that be good to your neighbor beginning in your own mirror. Of course I do, because all of the law hinges upon this. Love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And love your neighbor as who? Yourself. So many people are trying to love others, negating and totally neglecting and rejecting and disembodying from themselves. And it's hard. Love is messy. Humanity is messy. It can be hard crawling through that three quarters of mile worth of crap sewage in your own head, your own mind, your own regrets, your own wounds, your own trauma. But it is so worth it 
to surrender all of that to love. It is so worth it because the freedom that comes with that, it costs you to get to the other side. You have to lay it down. You got to forgive. You've got to hand it over to the person who just built a beautiful casket in which to put all of your wounds and offenses and grievances and objections and traumas. And he nailed them all to himself, buried them with him. Has every one of your tears in his bottle, none of them are lost, not one tear. And when we trust that he will resurrect our lives alongside with him, then we can, in fact, choose to love. And I firmly believe that outside of that, it is impossible for a fallen human to to really know in an intimate sense and to surrender to love. The person love, the expression of love, the standard of love. How about not easily angered? Ah, and here's the biggest one of all. No keeping a record of wrongs. Some people are extremely bitter about what's occurred in 2020. Because there's an injustice there. There's a lawlessness that's abounding. And the real threat to this country is that our hearts wax cold. Because when your hearts wax cold, you become susceptible to every wind of doctrine. And you think communism is going to come in through sociopolitical means or as if the Chinese are going to land on our shores and force us all into communist or fascist concentration camps. But I don't think that's how that's going to go. And it won't have to. Because our enemies have always known, and the enemies of love have always known, that the fastest way to take down a nation in the most comprehensive way certainly the most sinister, is to weave dissension, anger, rage, mistrust, distrust, lies, false accusations, envy, jealousy, pride, impatience, unkindness, boastfulness, dishonor, self-seeking, also self-loathing, angry, enraged, and a generation who will keep a record of wrongs. The scribes, they know that with all of that deployment amongst a group of people who say they're unified, who say they love each other, who say they're one nation under God, who is who, who is what? Love. When we begin to serve all of those, all of those impatience, unkindness, envy, jealousy, Boastfulness, pride, dishonor, self-seeking, anger and wrath, rage, terror, and unforgiveness, we're done. You don't have to raid our shores with a balloon or a, an atomic bomb or, you know, the Loch Ness Monster, a Sasquatch, uh, you know, train derailments, food poisoning, you know, food supply chain shortages. No, 
you systematically dismantle a country that was authored and birthed and fashioned by love through wrecking its belief and its surrender and its yielding, really, to love. Very simple. And it's the same thing that works in your families day in and day out. It's the same things that work in your company day in and day out. Your eyes are so fixed on the person next to you. What did they get? Why did they get it? Well, what color are they? What sexuality are they? Right? Would, would, is that fair? Is that equitable? That's where equity comes from. This is the principality from which it was birthed. It's not love. Diversity, inclusion, which always involves exclusion. And there's certainly nothing wrong with being diverse if your intentions are actually pure. But as we know, and as we've seen, and as I hear from you pretty consistently as my audience, that's not what's happening. It's not more diverse. You can rewrite history and make it as diverse as you want it to, but it doesn't mean that it's diverse. You can make Jesus every color of the rainbow if you want to, but that doesn't change the fact that he was a Jew. He does not look like an Abercrombie and Fitch model. He's not a white guy, and he's not a black dude from Africa. In the truest sense of today's Africa, right? So he came from the lineage of David. I mean, we, we, we know this. <laughs> Birthed in and of and by and through the spirit of the one and only living Yahweh. Not Allah, but Yahweh. No offense, but it's really important that you understand that the son, the creator having a son who he sent in our stead is crucial to the transaction that occurred in the spirit and in the temporal. And if we really understood that God so loved the world, love loved, so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son to sit on the mercy seat upon which no one and no thing other than love is capable of sitting on. To take all of the rage, all of the pride, all of the unkindness, all of the impatience, all of the dishonor, all of the self-seeking, all of the anger and rage, all of the unforgiveness, and carry it off into eternity to reconcile by his own blood, for you. So, my dear brothers and sisters, we are effectively left with zero excuse for our inability and our unwillingness to love. And with that, I love you. And I do hope that you have a beautiful, loving evening filled with patience and kindness and forgiveness and mercy and grace and and forgiveness. Till tomorrow, be good to your neighbor beginning in your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, act like one. <laughs>